1: I'm going to ask this one, Sean, because I want to get your okay. opinion on this. This is from Josh Buffalo, the motivational business banker. What is your prediction for the apparel and TV network? I think apparel they're going to end up with one of the Nike brands. You
2: know whether it's Jumpman or or regular Nike. I I just I I think that that is the way it's going unless Under Armour you know comes in with some eleventh hour miracle and is able to keep it. You know they obviously. Look like they kind of wind and dined Marcus Freeman a couple of weeks ago when he went out there to the the headquarters and all that kind of stuff. But it just feels like it's probably going to be Nike because I don't think that they would jump, you know, back to Adidas at this point. And all the kids love the Nike stuff. So it, it seems like we're not
1: educating our children well enough about <laughs> how these products are made and where and by whom, you know, yeah, so that's it's.
2: Um, True too. Yeah, unfortunately. TV, I just it just feels like it's probably gonna end up being NBC because Mm -hmm. it's been there for three decades now at this point. And again, I don't I'm not reading into the chair of NBC Sports is coming in, and therefore that you know means it's automatically going to 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 end up there. But the relationship has been long, and so unless someone come, you know, someone else comes in with a much bigger truckload of money, I, th- I think that it, it yeah. probably ends up staying on NBC.
1: I'm I'm curious to see what, no, like Notre Dame brought up something very interesting about the shoes thing. And I'm very curious to see, but like that's the kind of stuff I want to see from Notre Dame, right? Like, well, nobody else does a thing where you have an apparel deal and then a shoe deal. That's kind of fascinating. And that's one of those things when I say I want to see Notre Dame be trendsetters. I would like to see Notre Dame be trendsetters. And that's the that's other thing, too. Point. Yeah. I'd like for Notre Dame to say you're a Catholic institution that, that only only advocates for Catholic things that you believe in in certain situations when it's not money-related. So how can you be a Catholic institution that says, hey, we're a Catholic institution, and then go team with Nike or team with Adidas for an apparel deal? And just ignore how those products are made because it's not happening in your country, right? And And so – Uh, that's some of the hypocrisy that i just find um uh relatively disgusting
2: it would be interesting i think what you were kind of alluding to there is if you signed an apparel deal with whatever apparel company but again going back to the nil thing you let the players potentially sign their own shoe contracts where they could wear you know with whatever shoe company they wanted like whatever apparel you sign with would still be kind of the default like for for players who don't have their own, ML right, deal, they'd, they'd still they still have to still provide wear. cleats for players, right,
1: right, but, right. right.
2: But you leave open
1: the option where the players could sign their own shoe yeah. shoe deals with. Because I'll I'll be honest with you, I'd be all for going back to Under Armour if if I hadn't heard so many bad things about their cleats. Yes, I mean that's that's a you know so like maybe you sign an apparel and it's not deal just cleats, them. it's basketball shoes as well footwear. How about you do that yeah. footwear exactly, exactly, and and so hey, let's uh, sign in a clothing deal with you. But we're going to sign a shoe deal with so and so. Yeah. But then part of that shoe deal is if our own, if, our, if individual players want to sign with someone else, they can. Just like it used to yeah. be,
2: you know, before they were full fledged with Adidas. You remember, they still wore champion, you know, the right. football team wore champion jerseys, Correct. but they were wearing Adidas footwear. Correct. Yeah.
1: So that would be something. And that, now that, that could be a thing where, You know, you don't have to go with one of the big boys because Nike's not going to be okay with you saying, well, kids can. I mean, they made Michael Jordan put a USA flag over his Reebok sign on his freaking, (laughs) you know, you you remember that nonsense on the Dream Team? Uh You think they're going to let kids, you know, if they have an apparel in their name, you think they're going to let kids wear Adidas or Reebok or Fila or Under Armour or whatever else they want to wear? If they have some deal, no way they're going to do that. No way they'll do that. And so maybe that'll be the thing that ultimately – kills that deal. And, and you, and under Armour was, Hey, look, we'll go. Because if, it, if it's under armor, it's actually, you're kind of smart because you don't have to pay as much, you know what I mean? To Notre Dame, if you're not guaranteeing that you're going to always wear our shoes, you know? So, so we'll, we'll have the certain deal with you. And for Notre Dame, it's smart because if you can sign two contracts, it's going to get you more than one, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're going to get a little bit more on the apparel than you would have. But for under armor makes sense. Cause now we don't necessarily have to provide shoes. We're still with Notre Dame. We're still, you know, when people rock Notre Dame gear around campus and stuff, you buy it, it's all still going to be Under Armour. And so, but you, so they don't have to pay as much, but they're, it's going to be more than Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame is going to get more from the another company just for shoes, you know. And, And, and so, I mean, I think that would also make a lot of business sense too, Sean. I mean, that's for sure. You know, like, 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 it's like if I'm going to hire two people to do one job and I say, well, I would pay one person 50. Well, the odds of me paying two people, 25 are slim, I'm going to have to probably pay two people 40. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of how it goes. And it's the same thing on the reverse here uh, for Notre Dame. So I think that would make a lot of, a lot of sense because I love Under Armour's clothes.
2: I I do too. I've got an Under Armour shirt on right now. I own a ton of Under Armour
1: shirts. You know, it's just the. It's just the shoes. Yeah. And I'm my sure wife's not a big fan. She bought a pair of like Notre Dame colored Under Armour shoes and she didn't wear them very very much. Yep. So, yeah. All right. So good questions. Very good questions. We're driven by the
0: search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: From James, what are you looking forward to over the next few weeks of recruiting?
1: Finishing. I mean, that's the big thing for me is finishing. I mean, look, you've got, you know, I wrote an an article about this at the beginning of, of um, the month, you know, kind of end of May, where, you know, this month is going to define how good this class is going to be. And you had some important visitors this first weekend. Obviously, Gearby Lambert was an important visitor. Kedron Young was an important visitor. Bronte Johnson's an important visitor. David Davis Andrews is an important visitor. But I mean, coming up, you've got you've got Elijah Rushing, you've got Kingston Viliyama, Asa, you've got some very important players coming on campus, Carter Nelson coming on campus this weekend. You know, if you're gonna have any shot at at landing Elijah Rushing, you've got to knock it out of the park the next few days. I mean, you got to absolutely just just dominate it so far. The good news for Notre Dame is the last two summers since Mar- Marcus Freeman has become the head coach, June has been their money month. I mean, they have been – Notre Dame does a great job with official with visits. I mean, I don't know what it exactly it is they do, but, man, kids just constantly leave Notre Dame in love with the place, constantly. And you're like, you know, they're actually a player for this kid that I thought they had no shot at. And sometimes they don't even get the kid, Sean, but you're like, they had no shot at this kid before, and now – they finish a close second, right? So you, you, this is the movement. These next two weeks are movement weeks. Huh? So what I'm looking forward to is what is the vibe coming out of Kingston Villiam Asa the next couple of weeks when he's visiting USC this weekend, then Notre Dame, then Ohio State. You know how far can you put yourself ahead of Ohio State going on the last visit? Can you know what kind of movement can you make with Elijah rushing? How much movement can you make with Carter Nelson? A lot of people are thinking is leaning towards Georgia now. Nebraska still a player there. You know, can you knock? You know, the, your three three days with him out of the park to the point where you can get him. That's what this next few weeks are going to be about. And you know, who can you close with? I mean, because they're at nineteen right now. And uh, one of the questions that we had in the chat, Sean, was about um do i still think that notre dame here we go from uh sh10 for heisman do you still think notre dame is not done with uh this week with commitments i don't think they're done and so uh, but now it's like okay that's great but can you can you have the success in week two and week three that you had in week one that's going to be the question so man it, it's sure. it's closing time sean right i mean and so that it, that that's what you get paid for, right? It's not, yeah. Hey, we, we finished second a lot. We're great at, <laughs> no, it's finished first. It's exactly right. Yeah. I,
2: I've, yeah. you know, I've, I finished second for, uh, you know, jobs in the past and it does yeah. you absolutely no, no good when you finish second, you know? Nope.
1: It's, nope. It's
2: still the first loser. So, yep.
1: Not, not for this job though.
2: No, that's so, right. That's You're not right. Yeah. Second. <laughs> that's
1: right. No, Thankfully. you were, you fit. I mean, technically, um, I mean, you were every place. You were the only person that I was considering. So, uh, yeah, I was like, I got to get that guy over here, man. First, so, second, and third. That's, that's right. Funny. That's right. It's like one of my mom's. By to the me, way,
2: next week is the first, is the one year anniversary yeah. of the first show. That
1: yeah, I did that's before. awesome. I didn't, I knew it was coming up sometime this summer, but yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Hopefully, it's we been did. a fun, enjoyable year for you. If you remember, we did it, Absolutely. It
2: has. We did the first <laughs> show the day after Notre Dame beat Tennessee That's right. to go to the college world series. That's so, right. Yeah. So there's
1: a lot happening when you first got started. <laughs>
2: That's right. We had fun. <laughs> it
1: was a Still lot fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm very glad. It's like when my mom says to me, you're my favorite son. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't mean as much to me as you think it does. Cause I'm your only, the son. only son. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
2: All right, Josh the Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker. Does USC joining the Big Ten play any factor if the decision needs to be made for Notre Dame to join a conference? NBC getting Big Ten and the connection. NBC and the AD have thoughts on this.
1: I think it does, actually. I think that that that's about the only thing that's happened in the Big Ten in the last couple years that I think actually – moves the needle even a little bit for Notre Dame to joining the Big Ten. I think that's the only thing as far yeah. as what the Big Ten has done. Now, there may be other things that happen externally that then force Notre Dame to the Big Ten, but it's not because of what the Big Ten has done. It's because of other movement in college football. This new league starts. You have to be in one of two leagues if you want to be eligible for the postseason. That's what Notre Dame has always said. The, the only way we would join a league is if, you know, financially just it, it, we just can't afford to not be in a league, which if this new deal is what it's going to be, then that's not an issue at all. And then the second one is is we can't play for a championship in football. So if there's this new deal where there is no more NCAA and it's, you know, it's it's uh, this this new entity that's running college football, and they say, hey, look, you've got to be in a league to win a chance to, to play for you know the, the postseason, then Notre Dame would have no choice. I don't see that happening anytime soon. But the so so that would be external forces, not Big Ten forces. There's nothing the Big Ten can or can do to to force Notre Dame's hand. They've trust me, they've tried. They've tried plenty of times. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that they've done that even remotely might play in their favor is getting USC in the big 10 because now your rival is in the league. You could join the the conference and it's now a conference game, not a non-conference game, which would then lead Notre Dame to be able to say, look, if they join the big 10 and you got to play nine conference games, well, USC's now, that's our rival that we play every year. That's part of the negotiation, which means you still now have three non-conference games to work with. So you will right. still have Navy and then still have two more to work with. I think that would be the only positive for joining the big 10. Yeah. And that's a, that's a small movement for me. I'd rather stop playing USC than join the big 10. If it can't, like if USC and the big 10 tried to say, Hey, you know, USC is not going to be able to play you consistently anymore. If you don't join the big 10, because of whatever reason I'd say, well, it's been fun. Appreciate <laughs> it. Right. Y'all, good luck in the big 10. Right. We're going to go ahead and schedule somebody else right I think that's what I think Notre Dame would do right now um and and the Big Ten the Big Ten fans and and Big Ten people like Jim was the previous Jim Delaney used to mm-hmm. think he could like boss Notre Dame around and he'd always kind of and it just come like oh no they don't really care what you think you know and um I think with this new deal being being uh coming around at the time that it is and if they're able to get what we think they're going to get th- they've lost all their leverage. From a, from a financial standpoint, it's now just about if somehow Notre Dame can't play for a championship, that's it. And I just don't see that happening anytime soon. I, I, yeah. And I mean, they've already got the
2: inclusion in the 12 team playoff, you know, so that's, yeah. that's taken care of. Exactly. exactly. Yep. Exactly. All right. University of Southern Clowntown asks <laughs> what that. what is one thing you
1: guys would add to Notre Dame stadium for the future? Whew. For me it's easy I want I want end zones that say Irish or Notre Dame. I would get rid of the the slashes lines whatever, I understand yeah. the slashes are traditional et cetera et cetera whatever don't care. That's not a tradition that I find integral like I, I can't enjoy Notre Dame games anymore because they have sl- they don't have slashes on the home field right uh, I think having I think having end zones that would uh, I just think it would it would make for a, a more visually, pleasing atmosphere. It's just something for me that I, that I would absolutely, absolutely do. That's the first thing for me, Sean.
2: I would uh, probably just add seat backs, you know, rather than bleachers, since they're always so hell bent on making sure that you stay in your seats, you know, when you're, <laughs> When you're in the game. Yeah. So you might as well be more comfortable sitting well, in your seat if they if they don't want you standing up. And if
1: you're going to move to uh, seats, you're going to have fewer people in the stadium. And, and yeah, and that's, but I mean, I, don't I, think,
2: I was thinking about that. But I, I don't
1: think Notre that, Dame cares but, about that. If they had to lose yeah, 10,000 people in the stands, I don't think they'd care because I mean, the seats would then become more valuable. Just charge I just, a little
2: more. Yeah. Right.
1: Cause make it it used to be where you had to staff stuff as many people in your stadium as possible because that was a big generator. Sean Davis and I talked about this. It used to matter how many people are in your stands because that was that was a huge generator of your revenue. Mm-hmm. That changed when these TV deals started getting crazy. Yeah. Because now it's like, whatever, we don't care. That's like, well, spending. You know, that's like, extra look at the NFL
2: with this decision to, to, to flex late, you know, December games to Thursday night. You know, they're, they're, they're going to allow flexing of, of a Sunday game yeah. to Thursday. And it's because they don't care about the people who have made Correct. arrangements to go to a game. It's about the TV contract and the money that they're getting from TV. That's absolutely yep. right.
1: Yep, absolutely. And uh and and college football is no different. They're not yeah. Notre Dame does not care if on September twenty third that stadium is all scarlet and gray. Because you know what they're gonna be thinking about? They're gonna be counting the dollars that they're making from what they're from what they're it's making. Exactly. Yeah. And they're charging, you know, for this and that and the other thing. That's what they're gonna care about. And they don't care about that because they don't care as much about fans as they used to and as much as they should. Eventually mm-hmm. it's, I think it's going to bite him in the butt. A lot of these, a lot of these we we've learned with certain other companies that there are lines you can cross that eventually people say, screw you. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Major league baseball has learned that to a degree in, in the last 30 years. And, uh, I hope college football eventually realizes, you know, there, this is a very loyal fan base, but even your loyal fan base has limits right. to where we're just like, just, I'm done with it. I'm over it, you know? And, uh, Hopefully they don't get to that point, but uh, yeah. So I I think losing 10,000 capacity per game to have seats, I don't think would phase them one bit if they felt that that's, was going to allow them to sell tickets for a lot more. Cause in two seasons, it pays for itself. Right. I mean, exactly. You know, so yeah, good point, Sean. Uh, Is there another one? Like, you know, he asked for one, is there anything else that you, when you look at, man, I really wish it had this. You know I,
2: I've thought about the the you know putting Notre Dame in the end zones before as well. And I mean, they've already got the you know the jumbotron or whatever you want to call it. There's really not a whole lot more that I would do mm-hmm. at this point because you know I know that the the you know the video thing was controversial for a long time, but I think yeah. it's worked out great. I think yeah. it's it's really added to
1: the environment over there. I think sometimes it drowns out the band, which I don't like. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I still like bands to be part of it. Another thing I would like—I think it'd be cool to have a little bit more pomp and circumstance for home games. That, that's something I'd like to see. I, I for like intros and stuff. Like you see, I mean, they the fireworks and like the just coming. I there there. I wish there was a little bit more of that for no Dame yeah. games, but that's a. That's a sideshow part of it. It's not integ- Like it's not keeping them from man. Notre Dame would, would be able to win national titles if they would shoot more fireworks off before. A game. But you know it's they they that.
2: figured it out for the night games. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. They, they yeah. figured it yeah. out. Yeah. They get the night no games doubt. and all those recruits in there.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, but you know that's that's a minor aesthetic, cool thing that has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. In my opinion, I mean yeah. Oklahoma did as much pomp and circumstance before that 2012 game as I've ever seen. And look what happened, yeah. <laughs> you know that's what right. I mean. So <laughs> it really doesn't Enter matter. Sandman, Virginia. <laughs> you know, okay, like, that was cool. We have to hear about that. Yeah. Now we're about to beat your brains. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Here's um here here's one. This is from Michael Johnson. What are the chances Notre Dame switches Fox to Fox or CBS? In your opinion.
2: I mean, if the bid comes in right, yeah, I could see it happening. I and that's. That's still kind of the X factor in this. Is is there going to be a second serious, you know, bidding partner in this whole thing? Right. Is is someone gonna come in? But the other part of that still is also going to be, you know, I wonder, you know, let's say Fox or CBS just using them because there aren't that many other, you know, potential suitors out there. Let's say that they're going to offer 10 or 15 million dollars more, but they want more control or or total control of like, they're going to make you kick off at noon for home games, for example, things like that. They're going to dictate those game times. Would you be willing, would you be willing to give up control of that for
1: another 10 or 15 million bucks? Like how much is that? How much of a factor is that going to be? Well, and as we're finding out, Sean, that some of those things matter a lot to these schools in the big 10, Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's the big pushback is like All no we don't want to be playing night fund- games in November. Yeah it's like
2: shocker you just signed a contract the the with you know like the whole thing is about having prime time right big ten conference games shocker you're gonna have to play some of those in November where it's cold outside right
1: I, just, I don't, right yeah I mean <laughs> It is kind of funny. So <laughs> it's kind of like, I mean, we see this all the time, right, Sean? I mean, we, we see this and uh, I mean, you know, what what is we had one politician say, we got to you got to pass the bill, but, but you know, so we can find out what's in it. Right. So, I mean, if we're having that happen in yeah. Congress and then, then why would we be surprised at, that these schools don't exactly know everything that's in a TV deal because they were so enamored with the bottom line? It's like, well, yeah, this is works for us. Look at the number. Like, uh-huh. Hold on a second. This doesn't work for us. You know, the, the people that actually have to, I don't know, play the freaking games, you know, so I'm actually glad with the, to hear the coaches and, and, and stuff pushing back on that. I, 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 I like that. I hope that that. Uh, yeah, Kevin Warren. I mean, <laughs> that freaking guy. I know. Unbelievable. Oh,
2: Mark, thank you for the super chat, by the way. Mark, I got a notion that the football
1: team has a good chance this year. Your thoughts? Well, this is that season for optimism, right, Sean? I mean, this is this is like you have some people say, "Well, you know, I can't get too excited because of this." And I'm like, "Look, it may not work out, but like if but if it doesn't work out, then you're going to be miserable. So at least have some joy now, you know what I mean? And and don't convince yourself it's going to suck or it's going to be bad and then you never have any joy. This is what the office is supposed to be about. It's that eternal optimism. I do think this team has a chance to be really good. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of they've got a lot to prove. Uh, they still have to show that they can beat a team like Ohio State something they haven't done in a long time. The defense has to, you know, get better. The offense, you know, has all all the pieces in place, but I don't know what a Jared Parker offense is going to look like. I have some ideas of what I think they think it's going to look like, but we don't know until we see it. You know, we I think the offensive line could be pretty good, but there's a couple big question marks there. Are they going to, you know, are there going to be any devastating injuries? I mean, there's so many questions. You say, hey, look, I don't know if they can beat this team. But then that team has three devastating injuries during the season that makes them more beatable. There's always so much can happen. But I'll just say this. Do I think do, – do I have – am I predicting they're in to win the national championship right now? The fan side of me says yes. The analyst side of me says no because I'm a believer that you're the champ until somebody beats you. And until somebody beats Georgia, they're the they're the favorite to win, right? I mean, they've yeah. lost one game in two years do I think this Notre Dame team has a much better chance of playing with those teams than they've had in in a number of years? Absolutely. Now they just got to go prove it. And that's pretty much where I'm at with this team, Sean.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with all that. You know, I, I think depth could be the biggest thing with this team. If you, if you were to sustain injury, you know, like I saw somebody just say, as long as Hartman doesn't get injured, you know, if you're in a situation like you were in last year, where you, where you lose the starter in the second game of the season, then, you know, that could be could definitely swing things in a hurry and you know you're still even though we know that this wide receiver core is talented and we have pretty high expectations of them you you are still counting on you know a relatively young you know a young and talented group of of inexperienced guys you know Mm -hmm. we we know what their potential is But we've still got to see it. I do think that Hartman can bring it out of
1: him. And and youth for me, Sean, is not something that concerns me much at receiver and running back. It just doesn't. Youth in and of itself. Right. You look at teams that have won championships. They've had very young receiving cores in in certain years. LSU, Clemson had a sophomore quarterback, sophomore receiver, freshman receiver, sophomore receiver as their four best players. But they were really, really good players, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the thing this group has to have. I'm not so much concerned about the youth. I think the part you nailed is they have to prove it. The talent's there. I'm not right. worried about the youth. They're not as young as they were last year. I mean, Jaden and Dion are juniors now. Tobias is a so- sophomore. Tyrese is a senior. You know, they're going to have some experience, but they haven't proven that when they play on September 23rd against the Buckeyes and there's two minutes left and you're down by six and you need a touchdown to win it, they haven't proven it right now that those guys are, are are the type of money players. They step up and I got this. Don't worry about it. Just get me the ball. I'm going to go make mm-hmm. this play. And they they got to prove that. But the other part of that too, is the thing that you, you you look at it from a Notre Dame standpoint and say, yes, those are question marks. Who's going to be the pass rusher to replace I say who's going to step. But then you say, well, But Ohio State has to figure out how the heck they're going to replace C.J. Stroud. They have to figure out how they're going to replace, you know, three really good starters on the offensive line. Then that's kind of where some of my optimism comes from, too, Sean. It's because a lot of those other teams have questions that are just as big, if not bigger, than Notre Dame. I mean, who's the star wide receiver that George has had the last two years? Ladd McConkie? Jermaine Burton? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because they were great in other places. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame is as good enough to to win with that type of receiving core, which means there's going to be a little bit more pressure on their receivers to win. But I also don't think they need to be 2019 LSU either. And so, how good are they going to be? But Alabama's you know, got big question marks. Ohio State has big question marks. Georgia has big question marks. Clemson has big question marks. Uh, Michigan doesn't have as many question marks, but 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 still some. I mean, you know. And so I, I look at it and say that's part of my optimism is. Notre Dame is not the only team with these questions, <laughs> right? And I also think we learned a lot about Marcus Freeman in the last seven games of last year. That also we know more about him now than we did a year ago. True. At this time, and he's now more prepared to handle the prep for a, a Duke, an NC State, a Louisville, a Pitt, where it might be those trap games that, like, like we saw last year, to where he knows how to get his team on more of a steady a steady emotional plane. So it's not at, like, you don't want to be like tamp it down like Kelly did, but you also don't want it being this right from week exactly. to week. And I think kind of getting it here is the thing that he was trying to find last year where we don't lose our motion, We don't lose our fire, but our mental focus stays the same. And, and, uh, and, and that's, that's an important piece of this. And I think he's learning how better to get that out of his team. Cause like one change is, you know, last year it was like every week there was this new theme for the game. And, and I'm trying to remember who told me this. I, I can't remember who told me this, but it was basically, he was talking to some of the captains. Like one of the things that we did after Stanford was it just became the same thing week, week after week. It was like, we didn't change it. It was like, this is what we do. This is who we are. Lesson learned. Well, now that lesson is going to benefit them this year where it, it hurt them a little bit last year because it sounded like a good idea. Then you got to do it. And this is part of the learning process as a coach, right? And some former head coach, I said, yeah, I, t- I could have told you that one gonna work. Well, how do you know that one gonna work? Because I tried that in my second year, and, then, <laughs> and we got our butts kicked. Right, and that's you know, you don't know what you don't know till you till you experience it and realize you didn't know it, and then now you do. And that's another reason why I'm. I'm uh, I mean, I don't expect him to be a ten year grizzled vet now, but he's going to be better than he was last year, and he's going to have a coach that I think there's a greater faith in him, and he has faith in them than what he did last year as well. Coaching staff.
0: Find a location near you at com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDIC.
2: Joe, trying to find out as much as I can about this Pete Bavakwa. I'm sure he has negotiated huge deals, but what about when it comes to hiring coaches? Has he ever done anything in that vein?
1: No, I mean he's hired people to to run different aspects of his organizations, but it's a completely different animal than uh a coaching right? right. I mean, and so we don't know that. And, and to me, it's it's the hiring part's not as hard as the firing part, honestly for me. And, and uh, I know some people may think that's weird, but I think you can hiring a coach. It's like, did it really? Was it really that difficult to look at Niall Ivy as the the ideal candidate for the women's basketball team? Right. I mean, right. she's an alum. She's coaching the freaking NBA. She was an assistant on the national championship team and then a runner up team. She won a national championship player like this is kind of a no brainer. The The question would be, you know, if if there isn't a level of success, do you know how to get out of that at the right time? I think those often, it, 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 this is one of the, my beasts of Brian Kelly. I, I didn't know. I wasn't upset that Brian Kelly hired Brian Van Corder. Nick Saban's been made equally bad hires. We're close, not equally bad, but close. Uh, Urban Meyer's made some bad hires like that. The difference is, is those guys got out of those hires in like a year, you know, and and, you know, he, he, Urban Meyer for all his genius as a coach anyway, decided he, he can have Tim Beck and Ned Warner running his offense. Well, then when they about beat 31 to nothing in the playoff, he was like, yep, that's not going to work. He got rid of them and brought in, uh, uh, I forget who he brought in after that Kevin Wilson. Right. And then eventually Ryan day, he didn't go three years until it was a complete train wreck to get out of those hires so it wasn't the hiring process that Brian I mean Brian Kelly made a lot more good hires than he made bad hires a lot more defensive coordinator offensive line the problem was he wouldn't get out of the bad hires yeah wouldn't cut bait when it was time Would and it, that was right the bigger was issue. on the wall yeah and I think that's that's the more challenging thing for me uh to to as a as a a a leader of an institution like this is it's not so much and it's the same thing in business, Sean. I mean, Hey, I got this guy and he's not producing. Well, how long are you going to stick with this? You know, before you say we got to do something and the, and the great ones can anticipate, Hey, I'm going to stick with this because there's certain things that are really sound. And I know if I just stick with this for another year, we're going to really flourish. And and you need to be smart enough to be able to, to know that, but you also need to be able to smart enough. Like, Hey, look, not only are we losing money, but the fundamentals are bad. the, 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 the the culture is bad. They're, they're, nobody's on the same page. There's no leadership. We got to go now. Whereas, hey, look, this is a well-oiled machine. It's just going to take them some time to get everything going, and, and they're, they're going to be fine. The great leaders are the ones that can identify which one of those are true and cut bait when you need to cut bait because you know it's just not going to work. But be willing to see through a rough season of a coach. And I think that's kind of what Jack Swarbrick's thought on Brian, of not firing Brian Kelly. Like, look, last year was a, a, a disaster. He's got to make some changes. but. This is still the same guy that led us to a title game three years ago. And who was this? And I don't know that there's somebody out there better on the market right now than him. So I'm going to mm-hmm. see this through, but make sure that there's changes or whatever. And it worked out, right? It, it ended up working out. And then there's other people that, you know, fire a coach and and too early. And then they say, like, Clemson could have easily made the decision to fire Dabo Sweeney after they lost 70-33 in the Orange Bowl. I mean, they were kind of struggling. They had a couple of bad years and it's an embarrassing loss, but they said, hey, we like some of the things he's doing. We're going to let him make some coaching changes and see this thing through. And lo and behold, two, three years later, you know, they're playing for a championship. And four years later, they're winning their first championship in 1981. Right. Right. And so that's that's what good leadership does, knowing when to cut bait, but also knowing when to see it through. And that's something that that Joe, when it comes to this, I have no idea how he's going to handle that. Because doing that in business is a lot easier. You can look at it, the internals are this. We gotta we can, gotta make yeah, a decision. You
2: can see a definite bottom line yeah.
1: in many cases. Yeah. yeah. This that's is a right. little bit harder. It requires more evaluation of people mm-hmm. and, and, than it does in, in business. And so I I that's an unknown. I I have no idea how that's gonna go. Yeah, but um hopefully we don't have to find out anytime soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything is just rocking and rolling, and we don't have to find out. Uh, but uh, but that's the other thing too, Joe. He's not gonna have to make any of those big moves, hopefully, anytime soon. And, and you know, because I, I don't see Niall like being gone anytime soon. I, I don't see Michael Shrewsbury leaving anytime soon, and I don't see Marcus Freeman necessarily leaving anytime soon, right? So hopefully, and if one of those coaches leaves, it's most likely because they had a ton of success. And and it's a lot easier to make a hire when you've got this great product to sell than it is when, well, this coach ran this into the ground and you know now we gotta go find somebody. So mm-hmm. Hopefully he won't have to make a decision like that anytime soon. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. Um, Here we go. This is from Mark. He says, you're explaining things is why I super chat. Plus I'm South Bend boy, South Bend Washington. (laughs) Thank thank you for that, Mark. I appreciate that very, very much. much. And hopefully the answer was uh, one that gave you some excitement about what this season is going to be.
2: Joel, choose your own Faustian bargain. Notre Dame gets one hundred million per year, remains independent, but it's with ESPN. Or Notre Dame gets eighty-five million or whatever each team gets per year, but they have to join the Big Ten.
1: That's an easy one for me. I'm taking the hundred million and being on ESPN. Whatever. I mean, I hate ESPN, but what's the one thing we've always said? They put on a uh, they they put on a good football product. I mean, they they ESPN broadcasts are pretty good. It's the other not stuff that I don't like. It's sports center. It's the other stupid shows. It's the talk, it, that stuff. I don't like it's their politics. Not that I dislike their politics. I do, but it's, I don't want to hear anybody's politics when I'm, when I'm watching shows. So I just don't watch them. And so, uh, but man, as far as the, the quality of watching a broadcast is really good. And so but for it, the most part, they disappointed me a couple times last year. Like, oh yeah. You know, we, you know
2: like, let me hear. When they missed the touchdown against North Carolina, and then oh, was... for Notre
1: Dame, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but again, that's not it. If, if if Notre Dame was their baby that they were giving hundred million dollars to, you know, I don't know if they would do that. But yes, that's I would a good think point. Be different. Yeah. Well, the, and they missed the they missed the touchdown in the bowl game. Remember, right. they They missed the snap on the on the touchdown. The, yeah, the fake. Yeah. So you you'll get a little bit of that. Yeah, that's a good point. But I just think the overall quality of the broadcasts are good. In my opinion, I I think that that's one thing they do. Now their announcers are annoying, but I've kind of found that I find most announcers annoying, <laughs> and unless they hire Joel Klatt and Gus, Gus Johnson, which is kind of funny that you know I find announcer announcers annoying, but I like I love Gus Johnson. I go like him, yeah, you know. But uh, I I just think he makes games fun to watch. But um, yeah, I uh I would take that independence means way more to me. Than what specific TV network that they go with. Yeah, so exactly. if you're going to give me a 15 million more per year, and I get to stay independent, but I my 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 drawback is I have to sign with ESPN. Hey guys, I don't. I mean, I don't care much for NBC either. So I don't. I don't like ESPN. But yeah, do you, it's, it's you not hear like quality, how much It's I, not
2: like as we talked about <laughs> earlier in the show. It's not like
1: the quality of NBC has been <laughs> so great that it's like there's you know, no loyalty there for me. anymore so yeah that's an that's an easy one sean what would your answer be to that i mean Uh, absolutely i I completely agree with every you know with with what you just said i i would
2: if it means staying independent i would actually absolutely keep that deal i would not care which network it happened to be with
1: yeah yeah that would i mean that would that's not even i mean yeah that's quite the faustian bargain i would take that in a heartbeat sean in a heartbeat thanks for the super chat brandon but but
2: before i read this super chat though by the way i need to leave here in a second because i've got a show in a little bit more than an hour. i still have to post the show so i don't know what you okay. want me to do but yeah we're, we're getting close <laughs> want, we've got about,
1: got about four more questions here we won't add any new ones to it so we'll be out of here okay all right no time Brandon wants to
2: know, what's the deal with the Mankey and his recruitment? You think it's likely Notre Dame gets beat out by Duke here like other sites are reporting?
1: <laughs> I don't know what other sites are reporting. I'll just leave you with this, Brandon, because you know I'm, I'm I'm someone who doesn't like to steal a kid's moment. I could very much see Paul Menke picking Duke. In that reality, Duke will not have beaten out Notre Dame, and I'll just leave it at that. And we can move on. And you know my number. You can shoot me a text. I can maybe explain it later. But um, yeah, if he picks Duke, which could very well happen, it will have nothing to do with Duke beating out Notre Dame. And someday, when the time is right, I'll be able to share what I'm referring to. But you guys know where I'm I'm coming from on that one. So yeah, here we go.
2: O'Kee, what about Joe Davis as a future Notre Dame announcer or IB guest? He grew up in Michigan, big Notre Dame fan, new voice of the Dodgers, following Vin Scully, National Fox MLB lead, Fox College football play by play. I didn't know he was a Notre Dame
1: fan, but interesting neither did I. I don't know that I know who Joe Davis is. I don't listen to I don't watch major I don't watch baseball anymore, so and I don't remember. I mean, I may have if I saw him, let me see his face, I may have seen him doing a, a college football game. But I don't remember um...
2: yeah I don't remember much of his college football. Yeah. I mean he does he does some NFL on Fox. Yeah. Um, I think he had he might have had one of the playoff games for Fox last year if I remember yeah. right you know he's one of the yeah he might be the number two guy in the Fox booth
1: but okay he looks familiar. I just don't can't put a, a voice yeah, to I, it.
2: I've definitely so... heard him do um, some foot or some baseball. You know, yeah. and like I said, I know I've heard him do, you know, I, I wouldn't know how to describe him to you other than that, but I mean, he's only going to be a Notre Dame announcer. If, if uh, Notre Dame ends up on Fox, you know, <laughs> and yeah. I'd be guest. I if mean, he does,
1: if he does a good job, sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we can reach out, but right now there's just not a lot of, uh, yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of uh, connections there at this point in time, but yeah, I'll look into so. him. Tracking down
2: that. network guys is not easy. So, yeah. All right. Uh, here's here's an interesting question. Promise it's not a Justin Scott question. Is the handle? He asks if you can only get one of this weekend's official visit commits, which one is your most important to land? Hmm.
1: It would be this weekend. It would. It would be Elijah Rushing. It'd be Elijah Rushing for me. That would uh, let me let me just quickly look at um, the visit list. I'm I'm pretty sure because I mean, I love Carter Nelson, but um, yeah, I don't think I would pick him over Elijah Rushing. So this week's visitors, Carter Nelson, Elijah Rushing. Yeah, it'd be Elijah Rushing. Yeah, yeah that's I a pretty easy one for me. Yep. That's a pretty easy one for me. Here's one. You can actually answer this one, Sean, because I know you know the answer to it.
2: Jason, does Notre Dame only hire men of the cloth for president of Notre Dame? Yes.
1: Easy answer. Easy answer. Super chat from Mark. One, Mayock calling games. I would have no problem if Mike Mayock came back and was calling games. I wouldn't either. None. I don't think a lot of people would. I enjoyed him immensely. Immensely. Here we go from Scott L. Scott, what are the
2: cutoffs for Notre Dame football? One, getting an excellent deal for broadcast of its home games. Two, getting a good deal. Three, mediocre. Four, disappointing. Or five, bad deal.
1: I mean, I think the cutoff needs to be two. I mean, I, I I don't think a mediocre deal right now is something that I'd be willing to accept, to be completely honest with you. But, but what would a me- mediocre deal be? Right. You know, To me, less than... I mean, because you could say, okay, well, what if you only got 45, which is you know 10 to 15 below what people have said in the past is like the minimum. Well, you, okay, that wouldn't be great, but you're still getting 10 million from the ACC, so you're still doubling up your TV revenue. Plus, you're going to get a much bigger apparel deal. So, I mean, I guess that'd be a mediocre deal. So, I I could somewhat live if it's the high end of the mediocre deal. I could probably live with it. But, I mean, you're you're you need to be one or two. Absolutely, your your independence is riding on it. Right. Exactly. That's a great point. It's a great point. I mean, there's really you can't go to mediocre. You're really really not a lot to say besides that. Your independence is riding on it. I mean, that's a great. That's a great way of putting it, Sean. I mean and, and it's spot on. I mean if you get a mediocre deal, it's gonna be a lot harder for you to main remain independent for the next ten years. Right. It's gonna be really hard. Yep. Yeah. That's a that's a great uh that's a that's a great point. Yeah, I don't even man uh ian johnson just says i don't care who announces uh, uh, announcers are as long as they're knowledgeable about what they're talking about i I agree but that's fair i i also think there needs to be some level of uh audio quality to a person like if you get some guy that has this really annoying voice but he's really smart i'm still not gonna really want to listen to him for three hours i'm just just not you know what i mean like there's a, you know, I don't watch like a ton of, of NBA basketball, but I
2: watch some. And there's a certain guy who does um, both NBA as well as some college games as well for CBS. And I'm not talking about Kevin Harlan, <laughs> but this other guy, if he's doing a game, I just can't listen. I just yeah. cannot stand his voice.
1: Yeah, so. it's it's interesting. I mean, and and there's been some people like that over the years that I, that I've just like, God, I can't listen to this guy. Yeah. But like Jim Nance is knowledgeable. He does, but he's just got a great voice and presentation as well. It's, it's, you know, and, and the good ones are guys that can like, I think one thing about Mike Tirico that I liked is he would make the guy next to him better Mm -hmm. with the way that he would lead them into things and, and get it back on track. And and there's a, there's a talent to that as well. I mean, so it's, you can be knowledgeable, but not do a good show and not put on a good product. And so I think, knowledge is important. It can be a deal breaker for me, but if it's two knowledgeable people, I'm going to hire the guy that is more audio pleasing to listeners and someone who's really good at, at leading the broadcast smoothly through a game. And that's something where, you know, when, when you, when you think of who are the great ones, like the reason that I thought John Madden and um I'm drawing a blank on Summerall. Pat Summerall were so good is because Pat Summerall knew how to get John Madden back on track. Right. But also knew how to get John Madden to be John Madden. And he let John Madden be John Madden, but then he could get it back to the other thing. And he had that voice. And
2: Pat Summerall know? could say less because it yes. be much more low key because John Madden was going to say more and was going to have
1: a lot more exuberance to go right. with. So I think when you look at those things, and, and here's the thing, Pat Summerall was a former, I believe, former NFL football player, correct? Right. For the so Giants. it's not yeah. like he didn't know football, but he knew his role and he knew how to. And, and, and if if that guy is not good, it's going to be harder for the color guy to be good. Right. Like, I think the play by play guy, a good play by play guy is the ultimate key to a good broadcast, in my opinion, because you can have a really knowledgeable color guy. But let's say I'm doing color. Sean, what would be the one problem that the play by play guy would have to always be on his P's and Q's about if I'm doing color with him? You can say it. You can say it, like not talking as much. Yes, I mean, exactly. <laughs> hey, man, we're on to Just the next. What play. we were talking about, yeah, right, that's right. So, a Is good it... play-by-play guy would have to say, "Hey, man," like, "Okay," uh, but then also not do it in a way that it's he he's shutting you down, right? I mean, right. so those things are important, Uh, you know. So, you've got to know what are the strengths and weaknesses of your sidekick, and then. And, and lead it down a good path. So I think that's a very underrated part of being a play-by-play guy. Yeah. That The great ones do. Jim Nance is great about that. He was great about kind of raining Billy Packer in when Billy Packer was kind of getting fired up, like, okay, we're going here. Right. And, uh, and that's what I think makes the – the the to me, that defines a broadcast. And maybe that's different for me because I know football. I don't need the color guy to explain it to me. Right. Even though I I enjoy listening to Tony Dungeon, guys that are good at it. But I need a good play-by-play guy that can really – tell a story despite the fact i'm seeing it and that's a gift and then make it entertaining and that's why i like gus johnson is i mean he's good at those things but he's entertaining i enjoy he can make a four yard run sound exciting right. <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah you know there's other people that can make a like i remember it was uh, the clemson game last year there was something big happen, and just listening to um Collinsworth and and Garrett, it's like, God, you guys made that sound really boring. And it was a really big play. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And it's just like, gosh uh-huh. dog. You know, Gus Johnson's over here making a, a hitch route completion for a to convert a second and four, sound like you just won a Super Bowl, and you, <laughs> you guys aren't able to, you know, make this play exciting. I think that's a big part of it for me anyway, absolutely. Sean. So yep, yeah. absolutely. Anyway, all right. So that's gonna do it, Sean. Uh for for this one. I, I enjoyed the show. Why don't you take us out of here? All
2: right. Well, you know what to do. Hit the like button and of course, subscribe, rate, review. One hour from now on this very same platform, Ivy Nation Sports Talk comes your way. I've got Notre Dame women's basketball coach Neal Ivy. I asked her uh, about the Jack Swarbrick announcement today, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about uh, Marcus Freeman as uh, the women's basketball super fan and a whole lot more. Uh, Olivia Miles, an update on her and her injury, and and all the new additions to the roster and everything else. So that's coming up an hour from now, and then Jesse's going to
1: be with me for Rapid Fire as well. Brian, enjoy. Talk it. about that freshman class Sean. You guys going to talk? Do you guys talk about that at all? Nice. Talked
2: about the incoming freshman. is yep.
1: a beast.
2: Yep, that's right. I
1: can't wait to watch her play.
2: Yep. So, so we've got all that coming up an hour from now, Brian. I will talk to you later. Everyone, Thanks, else, Sean. Hopefully we'll
1: talk to you in an hour. Hey, head to IB Nation Sports Talk, everybody. Go get some dinner, chill, relax, and then be ready for it. It's going to be a great show. Talk to you all soon. All right.